But y'all don't say that. Couch Talk Podcast. The NBA playoffs are here. Ari, we did it. I did not think I would be saying that, but the regular season is over. Bubble playoffs are beginning in 30 minutes. Yeah, we did it. Uh, you know, the restart I thought was a lot of fun. The, from a viewer's perspective, I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, I'm sure it was more difficult for the players, but I have to give them and the NBA a lot of credit. I think it was really cool to see how much it seemed like the players really cared um, without the fans there, which I'm sure is tough. But at the end of the day, they're handing out a trophy at the end of it, so teams are going to play for it. And I think it's, it's been really fun to watch. A couple months ago, when we sat down for the first time and, and looked at what the NBA playoffs and the NBA bubble would look like, we really had no idea how it would go. But, I mean, from a, from a health perspective, there have been zero tests, uh, zero positives since they've got there. Adam Silver has, deservingly so, gotten a lot of credit from, um, from different, different uh, commissioners in sports to politicians to just media members um, for conducting this, this really well-thought-out plan. And, um, you know, I know that it probably isn't great from a fan perspective for the players. The energy is probably different. But from a, from a watching and viewing um, experience, it, it's, it's been great. Absolutely. It's been a lot of fun. I think some cool stuff also, like they're able to do more with the camera angles. Um, you know, all the players are mic'd up. You get a little bit more of that. I think they actually should should give us even more of that. Um, but, I mean, Silver's done an incredible job, and it has been, been, been really awesome to watch. So while it feels like the Eastern Conference um, was pretty chalk uh, for those eight regular season games, nothing too crazy happened. Um, the West was a different story, and going into it, we had that conversation over the play-in tournament. We had no idea what would happen. Um, many had thought that the Blazers might make a run, um, but I can tell you that I don't think there was one person who thought the Suns would go undefeated, and that's what they did. I mean, what an incredible eight-game experience for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, it was really awesome. I mean, Booker and Aiton really, Aiton really took a leap. I mean... Booker has kind of Booker has really been doing that. It's just everyone around him started to put it together, and they they played great defensively. Um, they were just so much fun. I, I was really hoping for them to get into that playing game. I think them against the Blazers would have been a lot of fun. Um, but that's it's got to be very exciting, and also I mean just big for them. I think if they came into the bubble and went you know two and seven or, or two and six or whatever. I think there there are immediate rumblings about, you know, does Booker want out? Do the Suns need to trade Booker, this and that? Um, and I think this definitely bought them some time there, along with just getting their young guys some some big game reps. They were basically playing playoff games the whole time, and they really stepped up to the challenge. It was pretty awesome. And, I you know, credit goes to you, because when we sat down a couple months ago, one of the first things you said was, this is needed for the for the organization and for their young guys because they haven't had these reps before. And at that time, I think even, you know, several media members had said, you know, why are the Suns even going? It's an even bigger health risk to add more teams to the bubble. But I think if you look at, I mean, forget the playoffs. If you look at one team that really gained something from going, 
it was the it was the Suns, and I think that this may have just kept Booker in Phoenix for at least you know the next couple of years because at least he can see um, some progress being made. Absolutely, and I think I mean Aiton played so well. Yeah, he looked like a different player. I mean, he just looked like a big imposing guy. He was rolling. He was he was hitting his mid range jumpers, playing really well defensively. Um, it just seemed like a lot of things clicked, and now a lot of their role players were playing really well, and I think the bubble has been very kind to the role players um, and the shooters. So we'll see what the carryover is like next season. I mean, I don't think anyone in the world would be shocked to see the Suns get out to like a 3-10 and 10 start next season just because that's what they do. Of course, um, But definitely exciting. I mean, their, their talent was definitely on full display, and, I mean, Booker was awesome. And now yeah, I think uh, I just saw he he went out to dinner with Kendall and Kylie Jenner, so yep. uh, he's winning on all accounts at this point. I mean, I don't know if they made that if they made the uh, playing game if he would have made it anyway. I think his eyes were already set somewhere else. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think their their role players did a great job, and it was probably you know from a front office point of view exciting to see Cam Johnson and yeah. uh, Mikael Bridges make a big impact, I mean, and especially I, I mean. Cam Johnson, they got crushed for that pick. Yep, absolutely. So it's, it's a little bit sweeter, you know? So do you think that the Suns are a playoff team next year? I mean, I think they could be. They could be, but the, the West is stacked. I mean, yeah, the Pelicans could be a playoff team next year. The Suns could be a playoff team. The Grizzlies could be a playoff team. The, the Spurs are always right there. Like, plus all the teams who are in the playoffs right now. Um the West, so I think yes, they they have the talent to be a playoff team, but the West is loaded. From a young talent perspective, the West is real. The, the future is really bright. Yeah, I mean, if you completely. look at the young stars in the league, they're all in the West. It feels like absolutely. I mean, the Suns have the Suns could be really fun, and they could could be a fun playoff team next year. Or like I said, they could get off to a tough start and not uh not really do much. But they definitely have. <laughs> They, sh- they prove that they have the ability to be a playoff team. I think the next step for them, too, is not only developing those role players even further, but finding Booker, yet another star, because Aiden, it certainly looks like Aiden can be that mm-hmm. second guy, but you don't necessarily win with a big as your second star. I mean, the Lakers did with AD, but I definitely think having a star point guard or wing would really, really help them and, and prove to him that they're committed to, to helping his future, too. Yeah, I think... I mean, I think if, if Aiton keeps on developing and he can really become, like, a second star, I think that, you know, just they have Bridges who's looking like a 3-and-D defenseman, but if defender, um, but if they could get, just get, like, a really, really strong wing player. Um, yeah. But their, their roster's looking good, you know? Uh, no, this is, how, this is how playoff teams are built in the sense that you get your – you hopefully draft one or two stars, but then you build your role players up so that you can bring in someone. And they now you have a playoff team with really good role players. And then all you have to do is try to convince a star, a star to sign. I, so I also, it's I also think, uh, yeah, I, you're totally right. And I also think that, that there's a scenario where we come back next season and we see Aiden, you know, putting up three, four threes a game, hitting at like a 34, 35% clip. I think he has that in him. Um, and that would that would really be one of the finishing touches on making him it, taking that next step to to stardom. Definitely. So the Suns uh, overwhelmed, 
and surpassed expectations, but a team that people were excited to see, and some even thought the NBA tried to, you know, bid out this to get them in, were the Pelicans. And they underwhelmed so much that their coach, Alvin Gentry, was just let go. So not a great eight games for them. And J.J. Reddick's playoff streak has come to an end, sadly. Yeah, I mean, the Pelicans are one of those teams who just started getting a lot of love because they hadn't played in four months, which is always funny. Um, it's like they weren't going to be a wildly different team. Like, they're still treating Zion like he's a 15-year-old yep. playing in the NBA, which is annoying. Um, like, like, like it's, I, it's on one of the two, but, like, they had four months off. Like, like what does – like, was he not in shape? Like, I know we had to leave the bubble, but, like – Okay, are there not gyms outside of the bubble? Like, what's what happened when we saw those pictures of him really in shape, and then the the, when the game started again? Because I don't understand how you could put that much more weight back on. He looked good in the picture, unless and then he he looked like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Like, yeah, what? And he played. He was so bad. He was like a he was like a minus sixty or something. And even worse, I mean, there's clearly a reason why. Gentry was fired. It didn't even look like anyone was trying, except for like JJ Redick and Brandon Ingram. Like Zion, what, didn't seem like he was playing hard. Lonzo just looked like he had no interest in Terrible. being there. Um, th- there's, I don't know. There are some problems there. I, I, uh, I mean, maybe a coach is the answer. We'll see. I think Ingram is 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 a stud. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not surprised that they didn't play well because they're not that good. No, and they came to the bubble with high expectations, and they're leaving with even more questions yeah. um, than they came in. And that's that's not what you need right now as an organization. You think that you have your pieces in Zion and Ingram and Lonzo, and only one really showed up. And that's got to be a little bit frightening uh, for David Griffin and yeah. that front office because, I mean, they traded AD, which, you know, it was a, I still think it's a good trade, but... You now have to make it. I mean, I think you're going to sign Ingram to a long-term deal. You just have to kind of figure out if with the rest of the guys work. Yeah, completely. I mean, next year is obviously a huge year for them and and Zion's development. And we're going to know. I mean, Zion was dominant when he was playing during the regular season. So I don't want to overreact to these eight games where he was kind of on a minutes limit again. Um, but you know, if it's the same story next year where he's not where he, he, he's a little overweight or he's not uh, get playing full minutes. I just like, I don't know. There are a lot of question marks there right now. And his talent is undisputed and he seems like a great kid, but there's definitely some question marks there for him. What do you think it is with this, like with getting in shape? Like you, you're getting paid all that money. You know, the big question surrounding you is, is being in shape. How do you let yourself balloon that much? Yeah. I, like, I really I like don't know. Like, you have one thing – you know everyone talks about it. You know that's what you need to do to stay healthy. How do you not just – I mean, someone's got to put them on another diet. I don't know. What's yeah, I don't know. And it doesn't, it doesn't seem like Zion is like the – he seems like he's a very motivated – like, he doesn't seem like yeah, he doesn't a seem lazy like a type. So, it, it might – there might be more at play there. Like, I don't really know. it. There, there did seem to be a little bit of tension. I know I saw a report that Zion was pissed that he wasn't – like playing at the end of the end of games and stuff, um, I, I I really don't know. It, it, it's weird, honest. I, I never understand it when like guys come back looking terrible. It's like 
I don't know. I feel like if I was a professional athlete, I, yeah. I just work You're out. And, yeah. But from the beginning, it seemed like it was going to be, you know, there was some tension there. Definitely. I think Gentry wanted to play him at some points and the performance team was telling them they had to sit and Gentry was pissed afterwards and you could tell. And I don't know, it seemed like a fractured, a fractured team right from the get go. And then after a couple games, they were kind of played after they blew a couple games at the end, they kind of played like it too. So I mean, definitely doesn't look well in the coach, and for that reason, he is out. Yeah, and I mean, it's probably – I think uh, I think it makes sense. I think I think that they probably needed a new coach to try to take them to that next level anyways. Um, plus, I think David Griffin probably wants to continue putting his own stamp on the team. He came into Alvin Gentry. Um, I mean, listen, David Griffin is a smart guy. He's very good at what he does, so I don't put it past him to bring in someone who can do the job. Um, and I also think Zion is seems like an awesome kid who's going to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, very coachable, too. Um, but at the end of the day, there are question marks, and they have to figure it out. Like, we'll see. Wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised to see Trajan Langdon, who is the GM, um, who was uh, with the Nets, bring in Kenny Atkinson. Because his Kenny Atkinson's calling card is player development, and yeah, I also think that you could see that. you could Ty see a Lou. Ty Lue, um, yeah. who I think probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Um, he did at the end of the day win a championship, and you could say whatever you want, but the team had a different coach the year before, and they didn't win. So, like a lot of other factors at play there, but he and David Griffin definitely have a good relationship. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see. Do they trade Drew Holiday? Do they keep him? Right. Um, I don't know. A lot of question marks there. It'll be an interesting offseason for them, for sure. Definitely an interesting offseason. And so we came into the bubble, and the big question regarding Zion, too, was, is Zion going to win Rookie of the Year against Ja? Can he steal it? And Ja definitely did enough in those eight games to cement what he should have been his award anyway. Um and the Grizzlies did hold on to, to a playing spot where they got to face the Blazers, who everyone kind of thought and saw that coming, that once, the, once it looked like the nine, once it was determined that the nine seed and the eight seed would have a playing tournament if they were able to cut the deficit to uh, within three, and a half, three games, you know, the Blazers would get it done, and they did. I mean, what do you, what did you, did you take away anything from, from that Grizz-Blazers game? Yeah, I mean... John Moran is freaking awesome. Um, so good. It was a very tight game, and the Grizzlies were missing their their one-two punch of John, of uh, Jaron Jackson, who's a stud. So I do think about if the game would have been different, slash if he didn't get hurt, would the Grizzlies have been the eighth seed and had that uh, only had to win one game? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's shocking. I think that, you know, the Grizzlies had the, the Pelicans – the Fucking the Blazers had more shot makers down the stretch. Um, I think it was awesome to see Melo hit that big three. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the the Grizzlies are going to be really good. Like Brandon Clark is awesome. Dylan yeah, Brooks, really Dylan good. Brooks is awesome. They like, got a they got a gem in him. Brooks has a motor on defense. He can hit threes. And shockingly, um, Grayson Allen is actually a contributor. And I do, I just did not see that coming. I didn't buy, think he Yeah, and, and by the way, I think that, that the the Grizzlies actually had a couple of tough calls against them down the stretch. Um, you know, speaking of Grayson Allen, I think uh, there was a play where Dame was going in and he was trying to dunk on him. 
And Grace Nallen had a clean block that was called a foul. And then he was walking away from the play and kind of said something and got a technical, which I think was kind of bullshit, to be honest. It's, it, it's an emotional game. It's the playoffs. He's not saying it to anyone. Don't tee the guy up. That's a, they got three points there um, on what should have been a clean block. So there were definitely a couple of plays down the stretch that went the Blazers' way. Um, but, I yeah, like, did I take the Grizzlies live during the game? Maybe. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with this. Um, it but, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything surprising there. I mean, the Blazers... The Blazers were are just the better team. They have more veterans, more shot makers. So, and and before we move on, because I know we want to talk about the Blazers for a sec, I'll say the Grizzlies had some ample opportunities in the beginning of the bubble games to close some some close some wins out, and they failed. And I think a big theme um, that at least occurred in the first half, of the first four or five games, was that young teams were not closing out games, and you saw that in the Spurs, who. I think at minimum talent, I, I mean, they have some nice young pieces, but I did not think they should have won some of the games that they did or blowing games. The Mavericks, who are not especially a young team, couldn't close out a game, which was, was a little concerning. Um, and the Grizzlies were right there um, at the end of games for a few of them, and they just couldn't close it out. So, yeah. again, great experience for them. They'll learn how to close games. Ja will learn how to get the team on his back. They'll get Jaron Jackson back, who's incredible. Um, and they'll keep building. But – we're on to the Blazers now, and I know you had some some thoughts on on Dame and and uh, Harden. I don't know yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, what Dame has done in the in the bubble restart has been incredible, and he, I mean, he's really been doing this for a couple of years now. He's just an incredible player. He went on a great run last year playoffs too. He's so clutch, um, but I just think that that his performance and all the attention that he's getting highlights the lack of attention that Harden gets for what he's been doing for the past five years. I mean, their numbers in the bubble were remarkably similar with Harden playing about 10 fewer minutes a game. Harden averaged 34 points, nine assists, eight rebounds, three steals and a block in 34 minutes a game. Meanwhile, Dame averaged 37 points, nine and a half assists, four rebounds, on 50% shooting from the field and 43% shooting from three, which is remarkable. My only thing is, is Harden, I just don't think he gets the credit, and he's been doing this for so long. The guy averages 35-plus every single year. The Rockets win 50-plus games every single year. Um, and, you know, if – and this is not to take away from Dame, obviously, because he's, he's awesome, and I'm not some type of Harden stan, but, you know – Dame missed those two free throws to lose to the Clippers. And the only conversation afterwards was the beef that Dame and Paul George now had. There was no real comments about how, like, by the way, that was a huge game. Yeah. And and he missed two free throws to lose the game. You know, if Harden did that or if someone, if one of these other studs did that, that would be talked about. Like, dude, if LeBron missed two free throws to lose a game, he would be Skip crucified. Would be all over he would be Davis crucified. Would be on, uh, yeah. And so this is nothing to take away from Dame because he's awesome. It's just like, it's just interesting to see how media, how the media portrays different things and how he kind of gets this like underdog treatment type no, of thing. Um, and you and know I, what? Harden's been doing this for years. And I'll say, I think 
you know, what happens in the NCAA tournament when there's an underdog um, that goes on a Cinderella run? Like you find one guy, one or two guys, and the media paints this narrative of the underdog and then they do stories on them and then you want to root for them. And while the Blazers are certainly not a Cinderella team and it's the NBA, before everything started, Lillard came out with a quote saying, I'll go to my, I'll go to the bubble with my team, but if we're not in position to make the playoffs, I'm not going to play. And from there until until it ended and they made the playoffs, you know, the whole thing was painting him to be this this underdog rally cry guy that's going to put the Blazers on his back and win. And he's a good guy. I mean, he's, he's a nice guy. It seems like um, pretty seems, really good seems with like the media. An, seems like an awesome teammate. Awesome teammate, and so it's easy to paint that picture for him, and it's easy to create that narrative for the media because he's good to them, and so it's fun to create that narrative because it's someone you can root for. But I 100% agree with you that you know from the beginning, from when the Blazers first started, it was you know spotlight on Dame, and everything was going to be crafted in his favor. Yeah, and once again, this is that is my point is only just to highlight Harden's like kind of just under-the-radar brilliance, it has nothing to do with taking away from Dame because the guy's ridiculous. I mean, teams yeah. are doubling him at half court. He's shooting from the logo. Um, he's really he's, he's genuinely unstoppable on offense right now. So it, it's really just to point out how awesome Harden is and how, like, I mean, the guy played 34 minutes a game in the bubble and he averaged 34 points and nine assists. Like, like it's nothing, you know? And I think a lot of guys – we're kind of under the radar. I, I know Luca, um, you know, he got he got his due, but he was putting up insane numbers to where if this was a regular season, end of the regular season, and it was a normal year, no pandemic, he would be on ESPN even more so, I think. But because of the stakes for the Blazers and other guys having minutes restrictions and, and um, kind of taking it easy, see that much of some of the stars um, yeah. like on Sports Center or, or on ESPN or anything like that. Um, so it just kind of shows you that, you know, what the media paints, especially because there's a couple of guys from the media down in the bubble. It's kind of what they say goes. And so they're crafting this narrative too. So, um, you know, I think now that, now that they're in the playoffs, it will be kind of back to even ground. The stars will take their place. I think it's going to be a little bit more people will get the criticisms the criticism that they're deserved or you know if they're you know dame's great he'll get you know they'll get credit so uh when we get back we'll look into the playoff preview and we'll go through each series and uh take a take a look under the hood all right so the blazers defeated the grizzlies on saturday to earn the right to play the Lakers in the first round as the eighth seed. Uh, this has been a more talked about series than a normal one to eight game uh, series. And that's because of the run that Dame and, and the Blazers just made. Some people are even saying that the Blazers could upset the Lakers in the first round. I don't know if I believe that. Ari, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's nonsense. Um, it, 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 uh, carries on with the narrative that's been going on like I mean we're talking about a Blazers team that gave up 130 points to uh the Nets starting um Tyler Johnson excuse um, me be care be careful with the Nets criticism <laughs> um and then I mean I hear a lot of 
you know, Dame and CJ are a really tough matchup for the Lakers. They don't have any guards to guard them. And, like, okay, I'll care about that when you can point out someone to guard LeBron and AD. Like, what, you're going to put Gary Trent on LeBron? That's like that's like saying, like, a fly is going to beat up a lion. Like, what, what are you talking about? I don't even – and then Nurkic can't really stick with AD on the perimeter. He's going to get into foul trouble. Um, so, yeah, like, Dame can average 40 points a game. I don't see that mattering. Um, in fact, I think it's quite the opposite. I think the Blazers are actually – it's a really good matchup for the Lakers in the first round because, yeah, they might they might be in some close games. I think the Blazers might take a game. I don't see them taking more than one game. Um but I think that LeBron's going to get rolling because they have no one to guard him. Um, I think that they're going to be in some tight games. It's going to really get them going. I think they're going to go into the second round with a lot of confidence. Um, and I keep seeing, like, Blazers are a really tough matchup for the Lakers in the first round. Like, who would they rather face? Would you rather face any other team in the in the West in the first yeah. round? I, no. I don't think so. I no. mean, the Blazers, they can't, they can't, they can't play defense. So... Yeah, I think there's two things at play. One, I mean, the Blazers just had to go pedal to the metal for the for the full eight games. They had there was very little room um, for error, and so we'll see if there's a little hangover effect here, and if they're just gassed, and especially because McCollum has a broken back. Yeah. Um, I don't know to what extent. Honestly, I feel like that's another media narrative that was. Yeah, that's like something that fine. like like once they lose it's going to be like oh he was playing through this terror this tough injury it's like all right whatever. i have a small fracture in my back and then you know i'll go yeah. out on the courts and no one says anything about that yeah i'm not getting credit yeah. when i go when i go play 18 no one's giving me break uh, absolutely but i think so there's that and then to be honest with you i was in the beginning of the bubble um i was one of those people who thought you know maybe the blazers get hot and they give the Lakers some trouble. Um, the Lakers, I know the Lakers looking bad is, is a farce. And I just don't, you know, that always happens to them. But maybe they catch them by surprise. After I really watched the Blazers play the Nets and then the Grizzlies back-to-back, I'm, I'm totally, like, I think the Lakers are just going to run through them. I, first of all, I don't think Terry Stotts is a good coach at all. And the first thing that jumps out at me is the Nets started doubling Lillard at half court and the Grizzlies ended up going to that strategy as well when you do that you're basically you just get the ball to the middle and you can play from there you should get layups every time especially against the Nets Jared Allen out had Cabrillo at center and the fact that they were settling for threes in the corner settling for for long threes at the wing and not getting to the hoop is just that's bad coaching and second of all, their transition defense is god-awful. And while Trent may be great at spacing the floor, Karis LeVert was just taking him to the hole every single time. And yeah. there was no help on him either. So if Karis LeVert can do that, and Ja was splitting the defense every time, Grayson Allen was getting to the hoop, then LeBron will have no problem. And I think the Lakers may actually push the tempo after seeing what happened in the last yeah, few games. Yeah, I, I mean... And, and, the Lakers are the best transition team in basketball. Yeah. So if you're turning the ball over, which the Blazers do, and you have bad transition defense, that's a that's death against the Lakers. And the Blazers are just going to live and die by the three. And absolutely, I don't but, even think that they could live on the three. But here, here's the thing about the Blazers. Every single game that they've played has been close, no matter if they score 
130 points or 100 points. It, it's close at the end because they can't make stops on defense. So their their ability to score a ton of points, it's it's canceled out by the fact that they can't play defense. So all these games are going to either be close or the Lakers will win handily. The Blazers aren't going to win by 20 points in a game. I just I don't see it happening because at the end of the day, they can't make a stop on defense. So and it even it puts listen, I Dame like we've we've previously talked about, Dame Willard is incredible. But I don't think I mean look what had to happen for them to win in LA before um, the NBA shut down, where Lillard was averaging fifty-five or whatever fifty a game in that eight game stretch. I mean, he's gonna have to do that for these games to be close. And when and it still might not matter. It still might not matter. So yeah. I mean I'm I'm uh, I'm just not buying that hype right now and uh you know i also think the blazers future may be you know they may be time to you know change that up a little bit but that's a different conversation for a different day so with that said we finished that one up let's go to the four and five in the west okc versus houston which i think will be one of the best series of the first round i agree i mean not just i mean we have the storylines galore to begin with with uh oh yeah Chris Paul playing against Harden and Russ playing against his old team. Although it seems like kind of all love between Russ and OKC, um, but it's definitely not all love between CP3 and Houston. Um, so I think it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I mean, we'll see how long Westbrook is out for. I can't imagine he misses more than two games, um, but OKC is, is really good. And CP3 has been really, really good. Um, I think that the X factor in the series is Steven Adams. I think that he's either going to be extremely dominant or he's going to be unplayable. Um, and he obviously, if he's unplayable, then I think OKC loses. So I think he's going to be really important. I think CB3 is going to do his thing. Harden's going to average 40. Um, I, I mean, I think... The, yeah, I'm excited to see him play, play uh, playoff basketball again. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, like, I think it's just the shot creation that, that Harden has down the stretch is probably the difference, but listen, Harden's had trouble in the playoffs at the end of game. So we'll see what happens. I think that, uh, the, the Rockets offensive philosophy does tend to get stale at the end of playoff games. So I don't know. I mean, I think the Rockets probably win in six, but it would not surprise me if the Thunder pull it out. This will be interesting for D'Antoni. I think if if their offense does go stale at the end of these games, and especially if they get knocked off in the first round, I mean, he could be out. There was already talks of this being his last year, and most definitely see that happening. Um, but I think you nailed it when you said that it's when, you know, Adams could be an X factor because, you know, it depends on what P.J. Tucker can do. Now, I think that all – depends on their philosophy too are they gonna when you guys when you have someone like Shea and Chris Paul you're not necessarily inclined to go to, to Steven Adams as your first or second option but if you can iso Adams down low and see if he can go against Tucker and if that works you have something but we'll also see on defense because the whole point of going small is to spread out the, you know spread them out and see if Adams can can come out of the paint um, so we'll see how that works I think that after the series no matter what P.J. Tucker is going to be, like, just dead. I mean, he's going to need yeah. ice baths every night. Yeah, well, he, he does. I mean, I he's, he always – this is what he does, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, 
Adams will either average 20-plus rebounds a game or he's just not going to be able to do anything, right? Like, Yeah. One of the two. And, again, the, the, the big X factor is Russ. I'll, I'll say that's the Thunder win in seven. The Thunder uh, win in seven. Get, All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, uh, that's my pick for this series. I think it's very possible. But uh, definitely think it's going to be one to watch. So moving down to the six and the three, we have Denver against Utah. Mike Conley just had a son, Elijah. Congratulations to him. Uh, he's gone. He left the bubble for his son. And, and Davis is out as well. So the Nuggets, which are picking up steam with the, um, the emergence of Michael Porter Jr., now face a Conley-less and Ed Davis-less Jazz. And Bogdanovich-less. And Bogdanovich-less. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. I think the Nuggets probably win in five. Maybe the, the Jazz could sneak out two wins. I think that Donovan Mitchell will go off one game and, and get them one win. Um but like I, I don't think I don't even think Gobert is going to be able to slow down Jokic. Really, Jokic is just such a unique player, and he just plays at his own pace. I don't think he's going to be able to do much. Like, because Jokic doesn't even like he can work in the interior, but he doesn't need to. So like he'll just figure out a way to dominate. Jamal Murray's looked great. Obviously, MPJ has looked great, like you mentioned. Um, so, yeah, I just got a notification. They're starting up now, so we'll see what happens. But Mitchell has a chance to make the the, the series exciting, but I just I don't think they have enough. Um, I would love to see Donovan Mitchell pull I, – I mean, we keep bringing him up, but like a Dame Lillard-esque run there. Um, I mean, I think that's how – you're right. I think that's how this does get um, exciting. But – Selfishly, I want Denver. Uh, I took them at plus 1,000 to win the West in the fall before the NBA started. Unfortunately for me, that line is still the same, so there was no benefit of doing that. But uh, they're an exciting team, and I think that, um, you know, they're really fun to watch. They seem to have hit – they got – you know, good teams get lucky, and they got lucky that Porter fell to them. They also got Bull Bull, who I'm not so bullish on, but – you know, he's interesting to say the least. And, um, you know, Murray came back the other night and it was so fun watching him play. Uh, who were they? I think it was the Jazz or was it the Jazz that the, that game went to OT? Double OT? Yeah, yeah I think it was. And and Murray was gas and he was still, on a minute. Still hitting big just, shots. Hitting big shots. And yeah. uh, so hopefully we get a little bit more of that. Yeah, he kind of seems like he has a bit of that clutch gene. He can... Yeah. Like, he, you kind of feel comfortable with the ball in his hands at the end of a game. All right. So, what do you think on Denver Jazz? Denver in six? I, I, think, I think Denver in five. Yeah. That's what I would Maybe say. Maybe six, well. but I don't see it. I think Denver in five. It's going to be tough. All right. So, finishing up the West, we go down to the bottom half of the bracket, and we get the Clippers and the Mavericks. Yeah, I think the Clippers in five here too, but I think it'll be really interesting. I think that, you know, the Clippers have kind of had this arrogance to them all year. Like they've like done this multiple times when they, they I mean, the truth is they just haven't. Um, so we'll see if they have the ability to flip that switch, which, I mean, they have two superstars. They, they should. Um, but I think like, if they don't ha- if they don't have that flip switched in game one and Mavs the Mavs can sneak out game one, it could be interesting. Um, I think the Mavs just don't know how to win at the end of games yet, which is the problem. I think it's going to be close until the fourth quarter every time, and then 
I think Kawhi is going to take over. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what the Clippers do. They, they've just had this arrogance all year that's basically said, like, once we get to the playoffs, we're going to win. So now it's time to, to prove it. The Mavs have kind of been pissing me off a little bit. Um, lost you some money? That. Yeah. Lost me some money. Also, I took the Porzingis props one game against the Kings, and he fouled out like mm. an idiot. That was the only game that didn't hit. Um, but they have also weren't closing out games for most of this bubble, which was a little bit concerning, as I said. And, you know, I uh, – listen, Porzingis is an unbelievable talent, um, but he's kind of been a bitch. Yeah. And if you look at how he defends, it's just – he dro- first of all, when they played the Blazers, Lillard, which was, is a crazy stat, he averages more than a point and a half per possession on drop coverage on pick and roll. And Porzingis was just dropping towards the basket every time. Yeah. And it just – it feels like guys out-rebound him. By the way, in that um, game, Porzingis had like 38 points. And down the stretch, yeah. he was almost unplayable because Dame was attacking him so much in the pick and roll. Exactly. Which is just and crazy. so I, I could definitely see the Clippers using um, Kawhi as the ball handler in that pick and roll situation and trying to get him one-on-one Porzingis. I think the thing is they don't have – such great depth, and if Porzingis gets into foul trouble, um, you know, that could be a real big problem. And if you don't hit threes either, that's another big problem because yeah. you're relying on Curry and Hardaway. And I mean, they, they also – they just don't have the defense yet. They're just, they're just not there yet, you know, like – and they're not yeah. supposed to be there yet. They're not, you know, like Doncic yeah. is still in it. He, he's in his second year. Like, so they don't need to be there yet, but it'd be nice to, you know – if they can sneak out game one, we'll see what happens. But I think the Clippers probably win in five. I, I think uh, yeah. if, I, if I were to predict exactly, I think the Clippers go up 2-0 and the Matt and they kind of just like get arrogant. Probably Kawhi sits for load management. Uh-huh. The Mavs can sneak out a win there and then they close it out. I agree. There's, uh, I would say Clippers in five as well. Yeah. All right. So the West is done. I think the West will be super exciting and I'm, Definitely looking forward to second round games as well. But let's go to the East where it's a little bit less exciting. Um, and I don't think we have to spend too much time on the Bucks and the Magic. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think we know what's going to happen. The Magic are obviously going to beat the Bucks in four. <laughs> obviously. So with that said, we'll go on to the uh, Heat and Pacers. I know uh, everyone's looking for that game to see if the Butler – and the T.J. Warren drama continues. I think from what I've seen, Butler kind of seems over it, um, which is unfortunate. But he's like over it, but like he's over it, but like not. You know what I mean? Like it's still there. Like I don't. Jimmy Butler doesn't seem like the guy who just gets over. Gets over it. Yeah. So, Um, but in our first discussion, I uh, I remember I I I thought that the Heat would beat the Bucks. So I'm really looking at this series. They would play in the second round, right? Yeah. So man, the Heat are good, man. The Heat look really good. Um, they have the right the Bucks. I mean, we'll talk about that when it gets there. I mean, they have to beat the Pacers first, who are the four seed. But the Bucks are really big on giving up threes. That's kind of how their defensive rotations work. They're just fine with it, and the Heat can definitely hit threes. Yeah. Um, but for the Pacers series, I think. If you're the Pacers, you're looking for Brogdon and Oladipo to have a nice series. Um, TJ Warren's been, you know, MVP, awesome. co-MVP of the ball. They're really great. Um, 
So I guess I don't. I don't know. I still think the Heat win. I'll say the Heat win in six. Yeah, I mean, listen, people are forgetting that the Pacers are missing debatably their debatably their best player, second best player, and Sabonis, who was a he monster all, all year. Um, so I think that comes back to bite them here. Um, I I think the Heat in six is probably right. I I don't know Jimmy Butler. I just you know he's just he just wins. I, I think he's he's just gonna win. I think he'll make make plays down the stretch that the, that the Pacers can't make. You know, someone who actually is has been fairly quiet since his rookie and you know, I guess second year is Miles Turner, and I'm I'd love to see Turner. Ha- I mean, I was big on Turner his yeah. rookie year, and he definitely has some real talent. So I'd love to see how he plays Bam too. I, th- I think that's I think for him. I think Oladipo goes on a little run here, plays really really well. I think there's going to be a little bit of back and forth between Oladipo and Butler. Um, well, I think oh, I mean Oladipo has his run and then says see it to the Pacers and signs with the Heat. Yeah, no, I, I, feel I, like I, could, I could see that. I think there's something more going on between the Pacers and uh, and Oladipo. By the way, I mean he wasn't going to play because of an injury, and then he came yeah, and I think he just he's... played. I think there was like a little, like obviously not to the same extent, but like a little bit of like like a Kawhi Spurs thing going on there, perhaps. Definitely something. I don't think he's happy. Definitely yeah, something. Yeah, I don't there. think he's happy. Yeah. Um, did you see? Did you see after the Heat played the Pacers, like the pack of dogs of the Heat just surrounding Oladipo after the game? Really? Like laughing no, it up with him? Yeah. Oh no, it's great. I mean, it's literally they're all laughing up. That's why I don't think that Butler will get into it with Oladipo. And I, I'm not to say. No, I didn't mean like I didn't. I didn't mean get into it like a scrap. I just, oh, mean just like, like I think they'll be going back and forth. Like I think Oladipo oh. will have some big games. I mean, I think he's got to impress his future employer. So yeah, uh, yeah Pat Riley's watching. Patient. Yep. So I think the Heat in, I think Heat in six. You think Heat in six as well? Yeah, I think so. All right. So next we go to the Sixers, who had a little bit of a problem, and the I mean, it just feels like uh, Ben Simmons has left. He's done. Um, Embiid Embiid's out, right? Or is he? No, he'll play. He'll play. Um, Embiid will play, but it just seems like the same same shit, different day for them. Um, Brett Brown is probably on his way out unless they miraculously make a run. Um, and they're going up against a really good Celtics team that have looked yeah. pretty good in the bubble. There are definitely some internal problems going on there. I think the only way that the Sixers have a chance to win this series is if Embiid just goes off in game one and just dominates inside game one and they sneak out a win. And then Embiid is just like, wow, like I'm just, I can dominate these guys because, like, I don't know, I de- like no one on the on the Celtics theoretically yeah, tight, should yeah. be able to guard them. He's he's bigger than and better than everyone on their team inside. So, but I mean, if if we see in the first quarter Embiid settling for three point shots, the Celtics might literally sweep them. So I, I think it's really it's like the like. This series can go any way, any like multiple ways, but I think that I think if it goes longer, if if it's like a six or seven game series, I think the Sixers could actually sneak it out, or the Celtics will just win in four or five. I think it'd be very disappointing for the Celtics organization if they if they don't get past the Sixers here. Um, one matchup I'm really excited to look at is I think I saw that Matisse Thybulle might start, and so I would love to see him against Tatum and see if yeah. he can lock him down. If For that sure. happens, like, I think that's, that also plays another huge role in this series. And if he can shut down Tatum just a little bit, um, it gives, obviously, the Sixers more of a chance. I'll say, I'll say Celtics in six. 
Yeah, I, I think that at the end of the day, I think that there's just a lot more at play here than just bat like with the Sixers. I think there's a lot yeah. of problems there. I don't think they fit well. I don't think they play hard. Um, I don't think that they like each other. And I think it's a big one massive blame game. Yeah. Um, and so I think that they crumble pretty quickly. And I, I'll say Celtics in, in five. And I think that the Celtics could sweep them, by the way. It's definitely a possibility. I don't know who the problems are with. I don't know if Simmons is the instigator. I don't know if it's Embiid. I don't think it's Tobias Harris from what it seems like. If the Sixers somehow upset the Celtics without Simmons, you may see them look to trade Simmons. If they think that yeah. Tobias is a great series and they seem to well play well off Embiid and it looks like they just need to add maybe another role player and build up that side of it and go with Tobias and um, Embiid. I mean, Simmons could be on the block. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe Simmons isn't playing right now. I, I don't even – I don't even know. I mean – I hate his attitude. Yeah, and it, it's – I'm not a it's not, I'm even, not a it's not even his inability to shoot the three ball. It's his unwillingness to shoot it that is yeah. scary because it's like – it's almost like there's a mental block there that, like, he just can't do it. And that's – you know, if he if he can't develop a fifteen foot jumper, let alone a three, then he just has his. You know, his ceiling is just low. Like, yeah, he he has. I, a, I, you go. I just don't get it. I just don't get it in the sense that they play so many meaningless games during the regular season. Like, why not? You know, jack up a couple threes. Like the it's, fact it's, that he it's doesn't the unwill. Do it, it's the unwillingness that that almost is like a mental thing. That that is what scares me about him. We but, uh, uh, a couple months ago, we also said that it'd be great if Simmons spent his quarantine working on his three game and then came to the bubble and shot over forty percent from three, and that couldn't look like farther from what happened. Yeah, that would be something. Um. So, all right. So you say possibly Celtics in five. I'll say Celtics in six. Although I'm, it's probably closer to what you said. And we'll wrap it up with my boys, Brooklyn Nets. Team of misfits, B League players uh, against the Raptors, who some people are taking to make make it out of the East. Yeah, I think. I mean, the Nets have been really fun. They've played, they've played, they've just outplayed themselves so much throughout the bubble. They played really, really well. Um, I just, I think the Raptors are just a terrible matchup for them because mm -hmm. the Nets have just been playing well because they've just been playing harder than the other teams. Yeah, and the rap, no one ever plays harder than the Raptors like you'll play as hard as them but you don't play harder than them like that's who they are they're they're built yeah. with just their dogs I really think the Raptors are going to sweep them here I'm sorry to tell you I mean it'd be fun to see the Nets pull out a win but like like they just have multiple guys they can throw out Levert like they I think that they're just not going to be able to beat to beat them the the, the Raptors in a game I I think the only chance the Nets have is perhaps today at four and steal game one because historically the Raptors have not done well in that first game. But, I mean, I agree with you. I think the Raptors are the worst team for them to play because they have five guys um, who could spread the floor. They have five guys who contribute and average double figures. Um, they're probably the best defensive team in the East. And they're the um, best coach team in the NBA. You know you're sitting good when your head coach decides that it looks like get drunk or or under the influence of some of some drug and let your assistant coach take take the job last. Did you see that last week? No, what happened? He let 
Adrian Griffin coached the last game in the bubble and they did an interview with him on the sidelines and he was just just clearly drunk or high or something because he wasn't even he was mumbling and it it looked like he just had a night out you know treated himself yeah he was just chilling on the sidelines letting his assistant coach so if you do that you know you're in pretty good position so uh yeah I mean because I'm a Nets fan I'll say in five but probably a sweep yeah it's probably a sweep but uh still a good run for the Nets I think I think they've gotten a lot out of it just seeing Levert perform like this um I couldn't be happier the last thing I was very disappointed when everyone sat out and it looked like they were just going to come here and, and some people were saying the Wizards would overtake them, but they played hard. Jock Bonds made a great case for himself as the next head coach. Absolutely. Um, and I just wanted people to, all I wanted were people to notice them. And I think that game against the Blazers on TNT did that. And I think people were hyping up Levert and saying he could be the best third star in the league next year as in terms of like the best third guy on the team. So I'm excited for what the future holds for them, and I'm glad they just pa- they didn't pack it in and they came to play. So that's all I could ask for. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It was they, they definitely had a good showing. Um, the Nuggets are up 5-3 with 10 minutes left in the first quarter, so we can basically chalk that up to a lock for them. I think, you know, up two points in the first quarter, they basically won the series. Um, yep. And, yeah, I mean, oh, they're up 7-5 now, so. Eight five, the games just keep on coming. Um, so with that, we will we will uh, check back in as the NBA playoffs progress. Um, but I'm excited for the first round. We've got NBA playoffs back. We're gonna put. I'm putting on the blinders. I'm for like whatever's happening in the MLB, NFL, college football that I don't want to talk about for sure. Blinders are on. Focused on the NBA playoffs. Everything's great. Absolutely. I'm excited. We got games all day, every day. It couldn't be better. We we are fully, we fully back. We're back and we deserve it. So uh, happy first day of the NBA playoffs and we'll we'll check in soon. Absolutely. But y'all say that.